0: Welcome back to another Daily Walk. And today we want to talk a little bit about deception. Uh, I went to a church last um, last week in Ohio that was one of these more sound churches I've ever been to. I mean, it was, it was a very good, very amazing church. If you're somewhere in, uh, I'd say, the, the north central area of Ohio looking for a good church, let me know and I will give you the details for where that might be. Um, but he made this point in the message and he said, do not be deceived. Now that is a direct commandment given to us several places in the scriptures. But he says here, do not be deceived. And then the pastor just defines deception for us. And he says, deception is often willful rejection in full justification. That is a very good definition of deception. Deception. And we have to always be aware of it. There was a, an amazing sermon I heard years back uh, by a pastor who has since, unfortunately, went a little woke. Um, and in the sermon, he is talking about deception and being self-deceived, which is very common, unfortunately. Now, when it comes to deception, we have to be somewhat, somewhat cautious and somewhat gracious as we are considering all of the various elements going on in correcting somebody. Before you're going to be harsh and correct somebody about the false teacher they're listening to or the false ideas that they have, we have to first bring to remembrance Titus 3.3. Now, before I read Titus 3.3, I want to say, you know, Jesus doesn't say do not judge. He says judge with righteousness and by examining yourself first. So this is what Titus um, three, 3 says. We also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. This is the life before Christ. This is the life of the person who seeks to take and takes to seek. He wants all of his pleasures. He does everything for his own sensual desires. If you've not read Romans chapter 1 in a while, I would encourage you today to do this. As Romans chapter 1 lays out the case for the whole world is involved in sin. And this is something that we want to keep in mind. Is that... Uh, We also were deceived, all of us were deceived at one point in time in our life, and we have to be gracious when we are correcting people in such deception, because if we do not do that, then we are going to sit back and start judging people on our own merits rather than what the truth is. So I sort of wanted to look into what is deception, what are various things, and the Bible has a lot to say about deception. So we're just going to mention just a few of them here today, just some of the the main ones. The first cause of deception is our own lusts and desires. Okay, uh, Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. As a man sows, so shall he reap. All right, so... Um, and it says, he who sows to his flesh will from his flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to his spirit will from his spirit reap eternal life. Okay, and this is a good principle to keep in mind because um, God himself is not giving us all these temptations. They are coming from within us. They are coming from within our, within our choices. If we spend our entire entertainment life doing nothing but watching vulgarity and sex, is it any wonder that we become a culture seeped in vulgarity and sex, and we might start engaging in affairs and other behavior that would be um, dismissed by God. And of course, in uh, excuse me, James chapter 1, uh, we see the root of this deception. James chapter 1, verses 14 through 16, each man is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust, that is the source of temptation. When lust conceives, it gives birth to sin. When sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Then James says, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good thing given and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights. So the deception is, when you follow your pleasures and your lusts, it leads to sin that destroys you. But everything that's good comes down from God. Now the second major source of deception pointed out in the scripture is deception by bad company. 1 Corinthians 15:3, do not be deceived, bad company corrupts good morals. This is an important one to keep in mind because, you know, the, the it is true when, you know, if you're good parents and your your child brings home a a hoodlum from school, you might be having some conversations. Now, As I write in my book, Joe Osh's Influences, my mother hated my friend who legitimately was a sort of bad influence, but I was a bigger influence on him than he was on me, and I kind of guided him in more positive directions than he guided me in negative. That is a rarity for an atheist, and it is certainly a rarity for a kid. But I just want you to be aware that that type of thing can indeed happen. And as we are looking at these elements, we have to recognize if we start surrounding ourselves with a bunch of bad company, we are going to find our morals are compromised. And every form of justification, looking back to the definition from the pastor, deception is the willful rejection in full justification. He's just my best friend. He's just my friend. I can't turn away from my friend. And, of course, when that is the type of thing you start saying to yourself, you are in full-fledged deception caused by justification. Bad company corrupts good morals. The next area of deception starts getting a little bit uh, more difficult to deal with, and this is deception by false teachers there are a lot of people who teach what is false especially among the christian world this is why it is a controversial opinion among you pastors but i teach people who are new believers it is not best for you to just go off to church as soon as you become saved i know that's the baptist way you are now made a profession of faith in christ the first thing you must do is run off to your nearest church the problem is There are more bad churches than there are good churches. Even among the mainstream churches, I wouldn't necessarily call heretical, are full of bad teaching. And when we have bad teaching inside of the church, then what happens is you can be taught wrong things. And when you are taught wrong things, you become deceived. Because it's a lot harder for the average person to stand up and for for us to, to straighten our ways, to make everything right. It's a lot more difficult for us to correct bad teaching if we have received that bad teaching early on in our Christian life. Now, what do we have a scripture on this? Second Timothy uh, 3.13 Evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Some of these false teachers, they're just self-deceived. They just don't know any better. They're not legitimately out there trying to muddle God's word. They just don't know any better. Some of them, most of them, are just coming out of the seminaries, teaching the things they have been taught, being good little boys, hopefully not girls, pastors in the church, but being good little boys teaching their lessons that they learned in seminary because nearly every seminary in America has departed from the word of God. And we have to recognize that. There are false teachers. It is so bad to pastor a church, you have to go learn from from false teachers first. This is insane. But it is the way our crazy certification-based world works. We need to stop it. One of my friends found an amazing church. They don't even have an official pastor. They have a layman who stood up and started leading a Bible study with a group of people who were frustrated with all the false teaching of the churches around them, so they just founded their own church, and now they're meeting. And of course, the last form of deception, the most dangerous form of deception, and the one the Scripture speaks to quite a bit, is deception by the destroyer himself. This is the final prophecy of Babylon in John, uh, Revelation of John, the Revelation um, 18. Uh, we're going to look at verses 21 through 23. The strong, a, a strong angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it at the sea. So will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will not be found any longer. And the sound of the harpists and musicians and flute players and trumpets will not be heard in you any longer. No craftsman of any craft will be found in you any longer. The sound of a mill will not be heard in you any longer. And the light of a lamp will not shine in you any longer. And the voice of the bridegroom and the bride will not be heard in you any longer. For your merchants were the men, uh, were great men of the earth because all nations were deceived by your sorcery. This constant want for more and more and more and more. This comes from the destroyer, the deceiver who says if you just get all of your worldly possessions, you will have abundant life. The problem is you cannot go through the narrow gate with your sin, yourself, and your stuff. Okay? You have to deny yourself for Christ to enter into the narrow way. That is how you counter deception. So hopefully this has been helpful. I mentioned my new book, which is Joe Ash's Influences: How Those Influences Impact You, the positive and the negative, and your guide for evaluating your friends and the influences in your life. You can find that book anywhere you buy books online, in print, ebook, and audiobook. Of course, you can find a variety of links, including purchasing it directly from us on the website at rwalkinchrist.com. Thank you for watching, and I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord.